Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, August 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Airbnb and Disney are enjoying the recovery in travel. We'll recap their latest earnings. And there's a surge of people quitting their jobs, and many are taking their company source code with them. Plus, global investors are putting more money into African financial technology startups. But who's benefiting? When you go underneath the numbers, you find that even the money that is flowing into Africa often flows into either foreign startups operating in Africa or local founders who have foreign affiliations. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Airbnb reported more than $1.3 billion in second quarter revenue. That's almost four times higher than the same period last year, and it was 10% higher than in 2019. The company said tourists from places with higher vaccination rates were driving the recovery. There were also more bookings in destinations with increased vaccine availability. But the company warned that the global spread of COVID variants and inconsistent local regulations could hurt bookings later in the year. Airbnb stock fell nearly 5% in after-hours trading. Another company that benefited from the travel recovery? Disney. More people went to its theme parks, and that helped the House of Mouse post a second-quarter net income of $923 million. Sales rose 45% from a year ago when the pandemic hit. Also helping Disney's bottom line, 12 million new subscribers to its Disney Plus streaming service, doubling its customer base from a year ago and outpacing rivals like Netflix. A record number of employees are quitting their jobs, and many are stealing sensitive data when they go. According to an analysis by the cybersecurity group Code42, in the last quarter, the number of times employees took sensitive computer code or source code from their companies was three times higher than a year ago. Here's the FT's Hannah Murphy. So I think there's always been um, what's known as insider threats, and that is not a threat uh, to a company network from an outside attacker or hacker, but a threat from their own employee. And these have long existed, and sometimes it's just employees accidentally leaking something, um, uploading something to a personal uh, network or personal email that they really shouldn't be taking there. Other times, it's a little more with malicious intent, so it might be deliberately stealing because you are disgruntled or because you're moving on to another job and want to take um, some information or some data that you've created even, such as source code, over to that next job or just to have it for yourself. So there's lots of different reasons why you might want to do this, but obviously companies will not be wanting you to take the most valuable and sensitive data elsewhere. Anna Murphy is our tech correspondent. She's based in San Francisco. The pandemic was a boon for financial technology companies. Lockdowns forced people to use more online banking and payment services. And Africa was no exception to this. Fintech startups were already beginning to bubble up even before the pandemic. And over the past year and a half, the tech industry has reached what some people have called a tipping point. The fintech scene is really, really buzzing in Africa. Um, That's just the truth. The energy has been rising. That's Topsy Kola Inane. She's a partner at the consultancy McKinsey, and she's based in Lagos, Nigeria. She's followed fintech in Africa for more than a decade, and she says that even with the current growth, cash is still king. And that's the reality for most African economies. 
However, during the lockdown, people in the informal markets who typically drive cash volumes were relying on electronic transfers to drive their business, were moved to have to look for electronic solutions to conduct business. And I think the penetration of this segment is actually what would trigger the unlock um, for, for tremendous growth and that tipping point. You know, for me, I think with agent banking, with distribution points growing, with informal markets adopting electronic payments, um, I think that time is very, very near. But, she says, the rise of financial technology companies isn't happening across the continent. It's only happening in certain places. A lot of the volumes and a lot of the activities really centered around three to four locations in terms of hotspots, right? It's Nigeria, it's South Africa, it's Kenya, it's Egypt, maybe increasingly Ghana. It's been driven by a number of factors, increasing smartphone penetration, pushed by regulators for financial inclusion, and they've created a bunch of different categories of licenses, which have allowed innovators to come into the space. And then also new technology that has allowed small players, small startups to get to the market very quickly and launch innovative products. So far, four African startups have reached unicorn status. That means they're valued at more than a billion dollars. Three are financial technology groups, one an Egyptian payments platform called Fowry. The others are Flutterware and Interstitch. Those have operations in Nigeria. The thing is, most successful African startups are backed by foreign investors. There aren't many African venture capital firms, and few wealthy African entrepreneurs are willing to sink their money into startups. A lot of the entrepreneurs with sort of ability to invest significantly tend to be older. They've grown up in a generation where they sort of Traditional businesses, they understand, they understand the economics, they understand the dynamics. A lot of these startups, in the early stages, you're not profitable. You're seeing the numbers grow up, but you, you can't see the profits, which is something they can't quite correlate with, right? We're talking about valuations, and it's just not something they're used to. So right now, the best route for African startups to achieve success is to find foreign investment. But long term, the FT's Africa editor, David Pilling, says that's not ideal. And after all, if if this really is to be a sort of a big phenomenon that's going to begin to drive some African economies and transform some African economies, surely one of the things that we would want is African ownership. We wouldn't really want all of these companies to end up being subsidiaries of foreign companies. I think that foreign capital is absolutely welcome. But in addition, why not more African capital as well? Kola Inane has some ideas on what it'll take to get more African capital to African startups. I think what it takes for domestic capital to sort of flow in is just more success stories. This is an area that a lot of traditional entrepreneurs, traditional businesses don't understand. They're getting exposed to, and as they see more success, they'll be more willing to sort of invest there. That's Topsy Kola Inane, a partner at McKinsey in Lagos, and the FT's David Pilling in London. Before we go, there's been a development in a story we told you about earlier this week. This is the one about the battle to buy the British inhaler company Victura. The group with the highest bid was Philip Morris International, the maker of Marlboro cigarettes. Yes, there is some irony in a cigarette company buying an inhaler company, and there's even been some backlash. Philip Morris has insisted that Victura is part of its strategy to move beyond nicotine, and Victura's board seems fine with that. Yesterday, it said it would support Philip Morris's $1 billion offer over a lower bid from private equity group Carlyle. Now, Ventura shareholders just need to approve the takeover. 
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, Zoe Hahn, and Persis Love. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. I'll be off hosting duties next week and a little bit of the following week while I take some vacation time. We'll have some awesome hosts filling in for me, though. I'll be back on August 24th. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.